0: To this endo life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an endo warrior and endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And you know, if you love the patches themselves, you're gonna love the bath bombs because essentially So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a flare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me sent me them when, I, when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called The Daily. And it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance. And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day, my blood sugar levels have never felt, so stable as they did when I was taking that day, daily supplement. As you guys know, I, I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down and it also ensures that you have healthy, balanced hormones. It's, it's really, really key. And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balance in plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar. If your blood sugar is resistant all of the strategies you're trying that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is is being controlled in your body so we need to work on that work on your gut and mine has impro- mine has improved massively but i still react much more um erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations and I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, blood sugar is a huge piece to managing your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and period support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE, one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E, And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, So let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Okay, so just a word of warning. I'm recording this off my phone. Chris is packing in the background. (laughs) And I'm recording this unscripted. So when I don't have a script, I tend to trip over my words and get things wrong. So, yeah, apologies in advance. So the reason why I am recording this on my phone is because we are moving. When you hear this episode, we will be on our way to... Gosh, I can't remember where it is. Somewhere in the countryside. And then a week after we're on our way to France, Um, we are finally leaving um, our place in Margate and we are travelling for the foreseeable future using trusted house sitters. So we've got sits booked all the way up until the end of November. We may just be about to secure December. Um, So at the moment we're going to be in between Europe and the UK because Brexit restricts how long we can be in Europe for um so yeah that's really exciting um right now I'm surrounded by like there's just mess everywhere and boxes um so not really a good time to record and Chris is in the middle of packing so there's a lot of noise um so we are resharing an old episode I think it's two years old it might even be three years old um, on anti-inflammatory living for endometriosis so not anti-inflammatory nutrition anti-inflammatory living and this episode is all about how inflammation can increase through our lifestyle and through chronic stress Um, and I wanted to share this episode today because I've seen a couple of lab tests recently from my clients with really low levels of cortisol Due to a history of chronic stress, the cortisol levels being high for a really long time and they're just completely depleting and they just feel terrible. And often we really overlook the power of the nervous system um, and the vagus nerve in endometriosis management. And it plays such a big role in our symptoms because when your immune system is upregulated, sorry when your nervous system is upregulated everything is upregulated inflammation your immune response pain signals your body is looking for threats everywhere not just from something that could cause you pain but from potential like allergens so you're just reacting more and more to everything so if you're spending your life being like I'm just able less able to tolerate foods I am I seem to be allergic you know to everything i can't cope with everyday stresses then this episode is for you and if you have tried everything for pain management yet you know that you're still stressed out about things you know that you're anxious or maybe your lifestyle could be need to tweak in please have a listen to this episode because it's old i feel like there's a million things that i want to add to it so maybe i'll revisit it in time Um, but yeah, I wanted to share it because it's on, it's just on my mind at the moment. So I hope that you find this episode helpful and I will see you next week for a really exciting episode on hypermobility, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and endometriosis. And I cannot wait to share it. So this week, um, might, I don't know, it might seem like a bit of an odd one, but actually I think it's so fascinating and interesting. And, um... I kind of had this, the inspiration for this podcast episode when I wrote a article last week on anti-inflammatory living, um, not focusing on nutrition and I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, I really need to talk about this with, yeah, with the, my listeners and, um... It also resonated with me so deeply. And actually, this theme of anti inflammatory living has resonated deeply with me for a really long time. And so I just thought it was time to share it, especially because in the new year, we can place so much focus on like nutrition. And I am not underestimating it. God, it is so important, guys. But so is your lifestyle choices. So. I just kind of wanted to provide you with some information on how to have an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And some of them are so simple. Some of the steps are so simple. So I think it's actually quite a nice way to begin the new year with these simple changes that can make a real difference. So what do I mean when I'm talking about anti-inflammatory living? So. The the two key things here to note is that stress is often experienced in the body in kind of like our neck and back region or in the pelvic floor, especially in the pelvic floor when we feel a threat. And the reason why is that the body is trying to protect the vital organs in the abdomen. So the pelvic floor tightens and clenches when we feel in danger, when we're scared, when we're threatened, when we're stressed. Um, It might not happen with everyone, but it, it often It often happens a lot to people with endometriosis or with other pelvic floor conditions. Um, This tightening creates pain, nerve nerve sensitivity, and distortion and dysfunction in those muscle and organs, and then that kind of ends up resulting in more pain, um, more inflammation in that area, and conditions like vaginismus, vulvodynia, um, painful bladder syndrome, because the muscles are pulling on and distorting those organs and creating and then making them really inflamed, really sensitive and actually affecting their functioning because they're not positioned in the way that they should be. The second thing to note is that the brain is designed to recognize stress slash danger signals as a priority because it's trying to keep us safe. So it's easier and quicker for the brain to recognize DIMs, which are danger signals, so danger in my system signals, and to send those signals because it's designed to keep us safe. So it's much quicker for the brain to do that because it's its primary function, right, to keep us safe. So if you have a past of trauma or chronic pain, it's much easier for your body to default into that mode because it's used to default into that mode. It's it's firstly it's designed to default into that mode, and secondly, because you've experienced trauma or um, chronic pain signals, those pathways are kind of more ingrained into our brains. So it's much easier for us to default to those, to that mode. And stress and danger signals actually cause heightened pain levels because your body is hypersensitive and looking for any indications of a threat, and it doesn't have to be danger. So if you're stressed at work, you're likely to experience more pain because your body, your body doesn't necessarily distinguish oh this is stress from my boss is different from the stress of um you know a really serious injury that was inflicted when you were being chased by a lion in prehistoric days right so the body is still just receiving stress as stress and it sees it as danger and it sees it as right we need to be on high alert so any kind of indication of pain your body's like what is that the brain needs to know that you're in pain. The brain needs to do something about it. So you're getting this constant upregulated inflammatory response. Your body is just adding and adding inflammation um, because it's trying to fix the problem and it's trying to alert you to the fact that there's a problem. So there is a doctor who is a leading pain uh, science expert, Dr. Moseley, Mosey, I think, or Moseley. Maybe I'm saying M- Molesley because it's from Downton Abbey. <laughs> um, and there are two quotes from him that I just think are so significant. So the first one is, the longer you have pain, the better your spinal cord gets at producing danger messages to the brain, even if there was no danger in the tissue. So that kind of goes back to what I was saying, that it doesn't necessarily have to be like danger or an infection or real damage your brain is just more used to sending those signals. So it's just going to do it at the slightest, kind of the slightest hint that something's wrong. Um, And the other quote is, stress can contribute to nerve sensitivity or pain system sensitivity. Stress lives in the brain. And therefore, the experience of chronic pain for chronic pain patients often is that their pain increases as they become stressed. I'm sure so many of you can resonate with that. Um, And... This is what really got me thinking about my relationship with pain and safety and stress and danger and how even though I do so much for my body nutrition-wise, my current living situation, I think, is playing a massive role in my bladder pain. And the more we're exposed to chronic stress, the more we are exposed to inflammation Um, so having an anti-inflammatory lifestyle is about implementing in activities to help reduce that inflammation and to reduce that chronic stress. Um, but before I kind of dive into what those are to kind of give you an idea of how these things impact us, I just wanted to kind of share my experience. So when I was 17, a lot of, you know, I had a car accident, which was really bad, um, and I experienced a lot of trauma to my pelvic floor, just my whole pelvic area. I broke my spine and my hips and my pelvis and my pubic ramus and, um, I had soft tissue damage in my knees. Um, and obviously it was a really scary experience. So then you had the mental trauma as well, but, um, it was only after that about a year or maybe a year a year and a half later that i began to get the obvious signs of endometriosis so um i got the painful sex and the painful periods and it might have started sooner post accident but i was still in quite a lot of significant pain um from my injuries so i don't think i necessarily would have ha- would have noticed um, but once I was kind of as healed as I was going to get at that time, um, that's kind of when I started to notice those, that pain. Um, and what we know is that post trauma, um, once we've had a trauma, it can actually trigger the brain to, um, be more like it changes the way the brain receives pain signals in the body, um, And so I think that that is definitely what happened to me. And what's really interesting is for, you know, however many years post this car accident, I have avoided being in cars kind of as much as possible within reason. So I take trains most of the time. I walk. I like to walk. um, And... If I'm in a car, it's mostly for short distances. I'm, I'm never really in a car for a very long amount of time. Um, I don't drive. I think I would be a threat to anyone on the road because I'm so scared that I think I would cause an accident. Um, and Chris started driving last year, and I. N- it really triggered all my post-traumatic stress disorder massively. I had to go to A&E numerous times because we thought I was having a heart attack. Um, I was getting chest pain all the time. I was getting palpitations. I couldn't breathe. Um, And one of the things that I really noticed is that every time I got scared in the car, which was like constant, but a moment that I would get really scared would be like, so say we were just traveling down a road and there was another road, like a cross section, for example, Cut! I would or someone was pulling out from another road my instinct is that they're going to hit us that they're not going to stop and that's because the car that hit us in my car accident didn't stop and so and I'm a passenger as I was during the car accident so my instinct is like I'm going to be hit and I'm going to be hit first um and even as I'm talking about it My uterus is contracting, my pelvic floor is contracting and I can feel, it's not endopain, I can't really explain the pain that I feel but I can feel pain and it's like a, it's almost like a pain in all of my muscle walls Um, and my kind of like vaginal canal is tightening, my abdomen is tightening, my pelvis is tightening, the whole area is tightening and that would happen every time I got scared in the car. And, um, I was like, this is really interesting. I said it to Chris. I was like, I don't know why, but my pelvic floor seems to tighten. I seem to get contractions when I'm scared. And I just kind of I had a couple of theories of my own, but then I spoke to one of my colleagues, one of my peers on my women's health coaching course, who is also a PT, and she's trained in a specific type of pelvic floor physiotherapy that looks at how pay, uh, danger is experienced in the pelvis. And actually, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe women in particular experience pain in their pelvis um, when they are feeling unsafe and a lot of that is because they're trying to protect as I was saying earlier their vital organs in that area so when I learned this I was like this makes total sense and since then I have noticed other times when I am clenching and Um, I haven't really given you guys a full story of what's been happening in my kind of home life in the past year, but it's been pretty intense. And a lot of it is around some crazy, unfortunate events in our um, house where we live. And because I was like, so Chris suffered a, a really significant bereavement last year. So we were in a position where we couldn't move at that time. And then I had to start the book and then the book took much longer than I thought it was going to. So we couldn't really move at that point because I was working around the clock 24 seven. Um, and then we have started looking, but we have experienced loads of blocks of trying to move to the point that I have felt like trapped, but at the same time we're trying to move, And I'm trying not to get stressed with that and say, you know, it's okay to be where we are now. But at the same time, I feel very unsafe in our home. Um, I had a drunk guy get into the house when I was on my own. Um, I was threatened, my life was threatened by another guy across the road. Um, We've had like a severe flood. There's a massive mold and damp issue in this house. Um, We've had mice, like... There has been so many things going on. Like last year, obviously, I think I told you guys about the abusive guy who was um, abusing his partner above us and um, how that kind of escalated. Like this is just a tip of the iceberg. There has been so many things in this house. Um, The heating system doesn't work properly. It's freezing. Um, So I have this general feeling of – Disease and unsafety in this house and it's not just about safety as in a direct threat from a man it's about like oh I'm cold um there's mold in this house there's a mouse in this house like it's it's my kind of um physiological instinct of knowing that this isn't a safe environment for my body to thrive and to be healthy in like I know that even though it's not the same threat as a guy walking in drunk I know that I'm like being constantly cold, having this and this mold problem and stuff is not healthy. And so I find myself as I work every day from home, um, I realize that I'm clenching my pelvic floor. And I realize I'm actually in pain as I clench in my bladder. Um, and I have to keep reminding myself to unclench. And part of that is also because I'm cold. So I'm like clenching you know, your muscles kind of contract when you're cold. So that's part of it as well. And then at night when my partner is working away because he travels back up to London a couple of times a week. So when he's not here, I curl up in a ball to when I'm going to bed to keep warm, but also as a feeling of safety, like I kind of adopt the fetal position. And I notice that the area that I'm kind of, contracted and tense and clenching the most is my pelvic floor. And over this past year, my bladder has gotten worse up until the point where I saw my amazing pelvic floor physiotherapist, who is a godsend. Um, My pain has gotten worse. So I've just found it fascinating to notice this correlation between my bladder pain and the stress that I've experienced at home and not feeling um like my basic needs are really covered in terms of like my living situation so um it it has been a fascinating process and as a result i'm now going to start um obviously other than trying to find somewhere new to live as we are doing um i am you know implementing activities and things into my life that signal safety to me. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But before I do that, I want to ask you to think about your experience with pain and your experience in your life and your lifestyle. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop just head to the link in my show notes. so ask yourself do you feel safe do you feel at risk in your area are you in an area that maybe there's a high crime rate um or perhaps your door doesn't lock properly that's actually something that is a concern of mine like our our door is very easy (laughs) to um yeah just to break into um are you constantly anxious? Are you constantly anxious person? That is something that I experience. I've been anxious my entire life. Um, does the news trigger you? Are you constantly exposed to the news? Um, do you have housing problems that don't signal safety? So for example, a lot of us have experienced mold at the moment. It seems to be a really common occurrence. So Even if your house is beautiful, you have a happy home, a happy relationship, you know, you live in harmony with whoever you live with, but you've got mould, firstly, that's going to be having an effect on your body. On a physical level, your body is going to be responding to that with inflammation. It's going to be fighting those mold particles, absolutely. So your body is going to read that as a danger signal. And secondly, on a subconscious level, you're probably going to be thinking this needs to be sorted. In the back of your mind, you're aware that it's not the ideal environment for your health. So does your house have any problems that are are making it feel not like the shelter it should be for you are you being bullied at home at work or at school do you feel unsupported in your relationships or at work or some you know somewhere in your life are you worried about money um, are you feeling unsupported by your healthcare system? Are you worried about your health in general or with endo? Just think about these questions, even make a list if it's helpful for you, and just write down the areas that are the biggest stressors for you. Now, these are really big things to manage and to take on, and we often can't do them if we're fatigued, low in energy, or in chronic pain. So, what we recommend to do. Um, when I say we, I mean the coaches who I've trained with at the Integrated Women's Health Institute and that we've been recommended, you know, in our training by Dr. Jessica Drummond is to start adding in more safety signals. They're called SIMS. Um, so safety in my system signals. And this is going to help calm the nervous system and therefore the inflammatory response. And as you begin to calm down the nervous system and you begin to feel safer, your, the physical symptoms of this kind of inflammatory lifestyle are going to start calming down. Perhaps your pain will reduce, perhaps your fatigue will ease up, perhaps you'll have more energy, perhaps you'll be more physically resilient. And then from there, you'll be able to start tackling the bigger stresses in your life. So I want to give you guys some very simple activities or add-ins that you can put into your life, integrate into your life that are going to send your brain signals of safety. So the first one is try and slow, gentle and nourishing movement. If you're really into HIIT training, that's totally fine. But if you are experiencing a lot of pain and um, you have pelvic floor tension, you're finding yourself very anxious, um, you can't sleep, then it's likely that you've got some elevated cortisol levels going on, which high intensity training could be making worse. So I would probably speak to a health coach if that was the case and try to find a type of exercise that's going to help, that's going to suit your body at this time until you've kind of recovered. But for now, I'm focusing on slow, gentle and nourishing movement for you guys. So So movements such as yoga, gentle walking, gentle swimming, um, these have all been shown to calm the nervous system and boost well-being. So even like a gentle Pilates session, something not too strenuous. And I, I mean, I really prefer yoga because I find that when I go to a yoga class, it's probably, when I think about it, I don't think I feel more held or safe or kind of at one with myself and calm anywhere else than in a yoga session and i don't go to yoga so i really need to start going back especially if you go to a yoga class with some low lighting some calm music some incense it's just a really delicious and nourishing way to calm your body down but also get some movement in there and actually get that pelvic flo- pelvic floor to start moving and getting a bit more flexible The other um, option is to start meditating, even if you guys, you're just doing five minutes a day. Um, Meditation has got so much scientific evidence behind it. It's been shown to reduce stress um, and anxiety, and it's been shown to even reduce pain related to stress. So um, I think that's such a key one to start with. And Headspace, if you're new to meditating, I would really start with Headspace, the app. Um, I think it's one of the most accessible forms of meditation and apps out there. I even think they've got one on pain. Let me just have a quick look on my app. Yeah. Oh, this is so interesting. Um, So they've got a in pain three minute meditation, like an emergency pain. They have um, a five minute kind of i don't know tutorial on pain they have a pain management course which is how many weeks is this 10 10 days and then they have a pain at night um meditation which i didn't know they had but i'm going to start using that for when my bladder pain is bad so i would really strongly suggest looking at that and then they have one for stress and anxiety they have a managing anxiety course they have a let go of stress course um, transforming anger, navigating change, reframing loneliness, restlessness. Gosh, they have so much. Um, they have meditations on feeling burned out, feeling overwhelmed, panicking, losing your temper. we have got so many. Um, so I would strongly suggest that you start with headspace, but there are loads of apps out there. So have a look and see which ones resonate with you because that's just one that resonates with me. Um, Another kind of similar one to meditation is to manage overwhelm with mindfulness throughout your day. So not just in a meditation, but actually incorporating mindfulness in your day-to-day living. And I think one of the easiest ways to, well, not necessarily easy, but one of the simplest ways to begin implementing mindfulness into your day is to actually focus on one thing at a time. And that's going to help you to reduce those feelings of overwhelm like there's so much to do. So if you're at work, instead of trying to multitask, just set in you know a timer like, okay, I'm going to do 20 minutes of emails and I'm just going to do that. I'm going to spend the next 60 minutes on this project and just going to do that. Um, and if you find that you get distracted really easily, keep something on your desk to remind you to stay mindful and focused. I actually use a crystal. It just sits in front of my laptop. Um, And so every time I see that, it brings me back when I start like getting sidetracked with all of the other things I need to do. Um, And another thing that you can implement or you can implement instead of doing that is to take three slow, deep breaths after each task is complete to let your body know that that one's done, that's an ending and you're starting something new and it just creates a bit of a clean cut so that your body can take stock for a minute and move on to the next one without dragging in all of the stress and anxiety from the last task. Another one that is similar to those two, maybe a little bit controversial, is prayer. Um, I'm not religious, so this isn't, um, yeah, there's no religious propaganda behind this, but prayer can really create feelings of safety and sacredness in our life. I think we have lost um, the practice of ritual and, um, yeah, sacredness. And that can really, and, and the feeling that something is holy and I don't mean, and divine, I don't mean that necessarily in the sense of like God, but like we've, we don't sit and in awe that much to marvel at nature and life. We're so busy. And I think having a moment of prayer, creates a space for reflection um, and contemplation in a way that allows room for sacredness, safety, divinity, holiness, and just awe, you know, of what we have on this planet. Um, And it's a space to share your hopes and dreams and fears in privacy and in safety. And you don't have to pray to God if you don't believe in God, you could be kind of, it could be, you could be in conversation with your higher self. You could be in conversation with mother nature and or the earth. You could be in conversation with, um, what some people call the source or the universe. So find, you know, if this doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, but you could pray really simply. You could just pray like traditionally, like, you know, on your knees, um, hands together or you know if you're Muslim however you know how prayer looks for you on a mat um or you could just create your own kind of prayer ritual maybe you light a candle and you sit in front of the candle um whatever it is just this kind of sacred time that's carved out um and yeah I mean prayer in a very fluid loose way so create what that looks like for you um, another one that I think is so important is get outside. I think I read when I was doing research for this podcast episode that nine, that Americans are now spending 90% of their time inside, which is freaking scary. And as someone who works from home, I really resonate with that. Um, and forest bathing, which is essentially just spending time in nature, particularly in the woods or in a forest ideally but you know if you're walking through a meadow or a park that's great as well um has been shown to really improve our mental well-being so exposure to trees in particular have been shown to improve has been shown to improve our mental well-being and um Forest Braving has been shown to decrease stress and actually speeds up recovery time from illness, which is fascinating. So if you're listening to this post-surgery, when you can start walking gently, just sit outside in the garden or go to the nearest park. Um, and city people who live in the city are constantly exposed to stresses. Think about all the noise the bright LED lighting, the um, sirens all the time, the people rushing around, the advertising, like there's so much going on, the pollution, the traffic, there's so many stresses that just getting out in nature is going to really calm their nervous system down, just slow down those signals that are going to your brain and just create a bit of safety for you. Um, This one you guys are going to love super simple, get comfy. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Create a haven or safety in a simple way for yourself. If you love blankets, get yourself a new blanket or clean your, you know, your current one. Add like some natural fabric softener to it. Get it really, get it really soft. Um, Get some cushions, Or get a really good book if you love like fantasy or rom-coms or period romances, something that's really safe. I mean, if horror books are the things that make you feel safe, go ahead. But um, yeah, like in my experience, I used to read a lot of like horror and crime and that didn't help. So now I'm kind of reading more fantasy novels and romance and um, because my my life is you know I, I am putting myself in uncomfortable and scary positions a lot of the time as i as my like co- as my kind of coaching grows and as my studies get more difficult and demanding my day to day is challenging in a good way it's really challenging but it's nice to have a book that i can absorb myself in that takes me away from my reality and gives me a safe space. Um, Just having cozy, loose clothing that feels good on your body, especially if you're in pain, really soft, loose loungewear, jumpers, feeling warm, some like low lighting, candles, incense, whatever makes you feel cozy, calm, safe, just create a little haven of that. It doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to get all of those things. If you already have a blanket and a cushion, great. Um, Use that for now. If you already have some really cozy joggers that are your favorite, great. You know, just give yourself those moments where you feel really comfortable. Um, Another one, of course, is restorative sleep. So improving your sleep can really help reduce those cortisol levels and those stress signals and just get your body to um, calm down, but also kind of regenerate and remove the toxins, remove anything that is adding to um, your body's kind of stress response. So trying to get restorative sleep. If you struggle with sleeping, then I always suggest having a look at Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep, reading that. I will do a whole episode on sleep, um, at some point in the future. Um, I would love to get Matthew Walker on the show. So we'll see, we'll see, I, see if I can manage that one. Um, the last one is support and connection. It is so important. Like we are, um, tribe animals. We, you know, we survive in tribes. We weren't kind of designed to be on our own. Um, so, Phone calls for people if you can't physically get to them. Doing a fun activity with your friends or family um, if you're limited by endometriosis, your chronic pain. Finding an activity you can do together that you can enjoy and that's also going to support your body. Maybe it's going to cinema. If you find that you get a little bit cu- uncomfortable sitting for a long period of time, get a cushion that supports your pelvis. Wear BU patches. Do what you need to do to be comfortable. If sitting in the movies is completely ruled out, then is it going for a very gentle walk together? Is it having a sleepover together? Um, You know, whatever it is, find a way to enjoy yourself and laugh with your loved ones in a way that suits your body. And please, please ask for help. If you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling alone right now, Um, or if you feel like you don't have support, just ask for help, whether it's from family, whether it's from friends, if they aren't really the people who are going to show up for you right now, then maybe it's about getting a counselor. Maybe it's about seeking a support group. Maybe it's about finding a group online. If it has to be free, like looking at what support groups are local to you, just find a way to ask for support, ask for the help that you need and to feel Connected and supported again, like you're not having to do this on your own. So, those are just some ideas. Have a think, right? Sit down and spend some time, like mind mapping all of the different things that would make you feel safe in your life, make you feel supported, make you feel calm. And then, when you've built up some resilience um, physically, emotionally, and mentally, you can start addressing those core stresses that I was talking about earlier in the podcast. So some of those core stressors are you're too busy, so have a think about what's on your plate. Just write down everything that's on your plate when you're ready to do this, that is, and just look at what actually has to be there, what really has to be there, and what can start to be taken away. Could you delegate to anyone, or could you just cut it off entirely? Um, Relationship, if you're struggling in your relationships and you're facing some problems there, then again, unless you're really good at going full throttle, start slowly. Start with a book or a podcast. Um, If you are experiencing relationship challenges um, due to endo, then I have an episode with um, a relationships counsellor that you could listen to. Let me just tell you the episode number. Okay, it's episode number forty. yeah episode number 45 communication relationships and endometriosis with Melanie Cox um you could also read the zimzum of love by Rob and Kristen Bell um it's about marriage but it's applicable to anyone in relationship um and if you want to kind of actually start addressing it more seriously, then you could also talk to Relate, which is the relationships counselling charity. Um, if you are having financial difficulties, um, and again, I'm just saying these are the little ideas to start slowly. Um, you Need to Budget is a brilliant book about getting on top of your finances. Absolutely amazing. You can also use their app, YNAB, Y-N-A-B um, to help manage it, manage your budget. You can also listen to my recent episode um, on finances and endometriosis. That episode is number 68 Managing Money and Dealing with Fi- Financial Struggles with Endometriosis with Michelle Manuel of Her Wealth IQ. She's got some great tips in there. If you are struggling with the stress of living with endo, then um, a really good place to start to kind of help you with the mental aspect of it and the emotional aspect of it is um a course a short course called Radiant Life Design so if you go to radiantlifedesign.com I think um have a look at her website she does one-to-one coaching but the course is um accessible and could really help you with um of doing a lot of the work that we're talking about in this episode but just reducing the anxiety that you have around your chronic pain condition um if you're exposed to like the news a lot and that's a real stressor for you you're worrying about the state of the world then maybe create a curfew um i wouldn't necessarily read the news straight away in the morning i think that's going to heighten your cortisol levels immediately upon waking so maybe put some time aside um, in your day to catch up on the news, um, and put a curfew on that, maybe even put a timer on how long you can read it for, um, maybe turn off notifications, just kind of create some boundaries for you so you can stay aware of what's going on in the world, but you're also looking after your safety. So those are just some ideas for when you are ready to tackle those bigger stresses in life, um, that you've got a slow way to start with them. But if we're going back to basics, back to those, you know, sims that we want to add in, those safety signals. Um, I would love to ask you to challenge yourself this week to add one extra safety signal to your week or ideally to your day. could be the same thing every day. could be that you're going to read a good book every day or it could be a different one every day, but choose what you're going to do. Write it down and practice that every day or once this week, whatever feels more manageable to you. You can build on it over time if you want. Um, But start there. And if you want to spend some time writing out what your stresses are and what you can do to manage those and what you want to add to your life, Um, to feel more safety, then definitely do that. But the core thing that I would love you guys to do to take away from this episode is to add in one safety signal to your week or your days this week, Um, ideally starting from today. So yeah, I hope this episode has been helpful. I hope it's kind of given a different perspective on reducing inflammation and yeah, that kind of anti-inflammatory approach to endometriosis, which is so important. Um, I would love to hear what you think. DM me or email me. um, And yeah, I hope that it brings you a feeling of safety and well-being this week. Um, And I will be back next week with another episode. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do, or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com, and. You can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world